This is Dropped Among This Crowd, a podcast that dives into the music and community of improvisational progressive rock bands on Freeza Geese. Each week will feature a rotating schedule of insightful full show recaps, interviews with fellow Umphreaks, members of Team UM, as well as other musicians who have been inspired by and or played with the band. This is your place for all the latest news and happenings within the world of Umphreaks, helping keep you informed on what's been recently released or where you can catch the next show. I'm your host, Sarah Jaginiak. Thanks for joining me as we dive in. Are you prepared for what comes next? Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining me for this week of Dropped Among This Crowd. I hope that you were able to check out last week's episode that kicked off my four-week tribute to the ladies. With the next few weeks featuring some female-centered podcast episodes, last week we took a look at some of the incredible women in the Umphreys community and talked about the ones that I've had the pleasure of chatting with here on the show Make sure that you check that one out. There are so many great episodes with conversations I've had with women in this community. You're for sure going to want to hear those. There is a link in the show notes where you can find everything you need to check that out. Looking for a new way to stream your music or listen to your favorite podcasts? Check out this exclusive offer for DATC listeners. Head to getamazonmusic.com slash dropped among this crowd to receive a 30-day free trial of Amazon Music. That's getamazonmusic.com slash D-R-O-P-P-E-D-A-M-O-N-G-T-H-I-S-C-R-O-W-D to get a 30-day free trial and unlimited access to 70 million songs, always ad-free, on Amazon Music. This week on the show, keeping with the female theme, I am very, very excited to bring you my conversation with powerhouse, queen, incredibly talented, and beautiful, and however many adjectives that I could just go on and on and on and use to describe the amazing Jen Hartswick. Jen and I sat down and talked about so much stuff in our chat, like where she grew up and what it is like being from Vermont. Jen talks about the badass women in her family, like her rad grandma. Wait until you hear about this lady. We also joke about some of the creative ways that her mom used to punish her when she was younger, some that I'm honestly, very seriously considering instilling in my house with my kids. (laughs) And we, of course, talk about Brendan Bayless and their friendship, the first time they hung out, and the recent Why Not Together on February 19th. Jen also shares an incredibly so funny Bayless story that's really going to crack you up. All I'm going to say is, It's purely territorial. Yeah, just you wait for that one. (laughs) So good. And side note, in case you didn't know, I've had the pleasure of having Bayless on the show back in August of 2020, episode 115. And if you missed that and want to check it out, there's a link to the video and audio for that conversation in the show notes. Jen and I also talk about some of her favorite venues, singing with Umphreys and the covers that she's done with them. I actually share two tunes, uh, one a cover and another an Umphreys original that I would love to hear her sing. We also talk about her relationship with Trey Anastasio and an interesting fact in her history that I didn't uh, know. Maybe some of you don't know this. And she also talks about what it's been like being in tab for the last 20 years. Jen also shares some really great life advice and so, 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 so much more. This was seriously such a fun conversation, just talking and laughing and having a great time. I want to say thank you so much to Jen 
for your time. I'm so grateful we were finally able to make this happen. Um, Her and I have been talking about getting her on the show since the summer. I think like July, there was an instrument head uh, live stream with her and Jeff Coffin and Chris Myers. And then there was like a little hang at the end and I brought it up to her then. And so we've been talking about it and our paths were finally able to cross. So I'm so grateful that we could make it happen. And Jen is just such a beautiful soul and just so hilarious. I'm so excited for you guys to hear this one. You're going to love it. Do you have a small business that makes shirts, pins, jewelry, stickers, prints, or sells other interesting products or art that you think peeps would love to get their hands on? Is your band looking to get some attention from fellow music-loving umfreaks? Maybe you provide an awesome service that could make folks' lives better or easier and want some like-minded clientele? Or perhaps you're looking to hire some cool people to work with. Let Dropped Among This Crowd and Conduit E-Magazine help you get the word out. With ad space in monthly issues of Conduit, commercial spots on the podcast, ticket giveaways, social media plugs, product reviews, guest spots on the show, and more, Dropped Among This Crowd and Conduit can help you reach tons of fellow umpreaks, musicians, and other kind folks looking to purchase from you, work with you, and support their fellow umps family. Email dropped at gmail.com or conduitemagazine at gmail.com if you're interested in chatting more about the amazing packages we offer. So here is my conversation with the incredible Jen Hartswick. Get ready to laugh your ass off, guys. So I'm so excited to talk to you, and I'm so excited that you are going to be on the show and taking some time. It's really right. great. Pleasure. No, I'm glad we could finally do it. For sure. For sure. Well, I'd love to start talking about Why Not with Bayless recently. Like, sure. How great was that? Oh, it was so nice. It was so nice to, A, play music, and B, play music with someone that you mildly like. It was great. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> So were you in town working on something else or was it just like, hey, let's get together and play some music? No, we we planned it a few weeks out. And um, I mean, that's something that we've never done together before, too. So just thought it would be a cool idea. We knew we would have fun and we assumed that other people would like it. We hoped other people would like it. Um, and I don't even remember the last time was that I saw him or Annie or really anybody. So I haven't even laid eyes on him for probably a year and a half or something at that point. So just to be in the presence of a friend at that point was exciting in and of for sure. weird things that you totally take for granted. And, um, but it was so nice. We had such a great time. Yeah. It was a lot of fun anyway. I mean, the wine knots have just been yeah. such a light. And, yeah. you know, some weeks you're just like, oh, thank God I need this so bad yeah. But to yeah. see you two uh, playing and singing together is a treat. Anyways, I love mm-hmm. you guys as a duo, but I mean, it was so much fun. Oh, good. I'm glad. Played a blast. <laughs> yeah, you could tell everybody was having a good time for sure. Yeah. It's a little strange. You know, the, the, the stream is always weird. You, can, you can't feel if anyone is having a good time and we don't have the chat. We don't read, you know. We're just going blindly in a basement. <laughs> like, oh, I hope people are at least enjoying themselves a little bit. So it's for always sure. like a funny feeling for the first couple of tunes. And then you realize, oh, this is just what we're going to do. This is this feeling isn't going to go away. So we should just get over it. Yeah, for sure. How many live streams have you done like in the past year? I know you did that one with Chris and Jeff Coffin. and Yeah, very few. That's actually one of the only ones that I did. Um you know, the interesting thing, I don't play a chordal instrument, so uh, nobody wants to hear me just like by myself playing trumpet. That's weird. <laughs> so <laughs> I haven't really done any and I and I'm OK with that. You know, um, I, I think it, it's been necessary for some people. It's been necessary for people to hear it and necessary for for musicians to be able to play. Um, you know, I get sad with the 
the quality of sound that gets put out through a computer speaker and all that kind of stuff. And I kind of just use this year as, as a, you know, working on writing and not really doing any streams. I think I did those too. And then I did obviously the beacon stuff, which is a whole other animal and suffered yeah. from no quality issues <laughs> there. <laughs> That's not your computer speaker uh, and microphone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, th those were kind of the only two I did, I think. Yeah. It's nice that you're able to take this time to, you know, kind of focus on other things. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's nothing that I ever would have chosen to do had I not been forced to go home. So right. it's really, you know, it's about how many silver linings you can find. Um, For I've sure. Never, ever spent this kind of time at home ever, not even close. The yeah. longest at home probably in the last 10 years is consecutively maybe three weeks. Wow. And now we're, we're rolling on a year. Yeah. It's cool. It's, it's cool. It's, uh, I'm, I'm psyched that there seems to be a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel, but um, it's been a learning experience for all of us, obviously. So for sure, for sure. What are some things you've been doing, like not music related during the past year? Um, we bought a house right before everything shut down. Um, oh, wow. we really hadn't even spent a night in, um, because my husband and I both went back on tour. We bought the house, signed the papers, went back on tour the next day and were sent home in March. So we had barely, I think maybe spent one night in our house. So we got to go home and like set up our house and live in it <laughs> instead of just drop a bag and do laundry and pick up another bag. Yeah. Um, so that's been really cool. Um, spending time together has been great. Um, you know, I've been cooking a ton and um, relaxing, which is not something that we do. Yeah. You know, the life of a musician is very much like, okay, what are the next 10 things I need to concentrate on? Right. So, so being forced to not have that to think about, um, and really check in and see if I'm actually okay is something that I've never done. So, yeah. you know, I sort of, for the first three months, I really just shut down and didn't talk to anybody, didn't call anybody, didn't do anything, didn't, you know, do anything musical, didn't pick up my horn, which is really weird. Um, and I just sort of sat and let the last 15 years of being on the road sort of dissipate until I was at a point where I said, okay, cool. Now, what is it that I would actually, that I want? Because I know what I've been doing 310 days a year. <laughs> so like, yeah. what is this actually what I want? Is this how I want it to look? Is this what I want my life to feel like and sound like and look like? And, um, and so I, you know, got to make some decisions from a place of uh, wholeness, which is, like I said, not where we usually operate from. So yeah. Anyway, I'm not going to come out of this pandemic being on the road 300 days a year. I'll tell you that. Yeah. It's really yeah. unnecessary. So. Yeah. I think that that is what this time has done for a lot of people in all areas of their life. It's really made them look and think about like, is that really how I wanted to live my life? Do my day to day? Are these really the even the, re the relationships I wanted in my life? Right. Maybe, you know, it's really made people take that time to think about these areas in their lives yeah what a, and what a gift I mean that's major that's some major major stuff major life stuff yeah for sure so I would love to know some more about uh where you grew up in your family mm -hmm. grew up in the woods <laughs> I'm sure the woods in Vermont in the northeast corner in a town of 400 people Nice. Um, I grew up in a big old musical family. My dad was the only one who didn't play an instrument. Um, my mom's whole side of the family, her parents, everybody was a musician. Wow. Lots of brass players. My grandma was a trumpet player. My aunt played French horn. My other aunt was a tuba player. Like everybody played brass instruments except my mom. Um, and so our house was just always filled with music and classical music, brass quintets, all that kind of stuff. So I never really stood a chance to do anything else, which I'm totally fine with. <laughs> I'm happy about, um, cause I like what I do. So, uh, but yeah, music was like a part of many, many, many hours a day of our daily life. That's awesome. 
That's yeah. very awesome. So is grandma the reason why you chose trumpet or? I tried them all. I try. I started on piano and then went to clarinet and flute and sax. Um, and then my grandma brought me a tuba. I was like, I must've been like eight or nine. Um, and she walked in on me practicing alto sax when I was eight and said, you have way too much hot air to be playing that stupid thing. And handed me a tuba. <laughs> my grandma's very blunt. Uh, <laughs> sounds like it. She sounds like quite a lady. She's like a real like Vermont farmer. She's so rad. Um, so anyway, so I started playing tuba. It was not, not a lot of um, and then my uncle actually was a music teacher and he's like, I really need somebody to play trumpet in my school band. I didn't even go to his school, but everything's so small up there that you can kind of just pop around. So he's like, I really need a, a trumpet player. So here, and I was 10 and he gave me a trumpet and, um, I was like, Ooh, this thing now this. Um, so after trying virtually every other instrument, I stuck with trumpet that felt the best. That's cool. Yeah. That's very cool. I love that. I, I just love your grandma. Like I've only heard very little of her, but she seems like she was such a badass. You know what? <laughs> can people only see this or they can, I mean, can they only hear it? It's only podcast, not visual. No, I, I have a YouTube channel too. So they'll be able to see oh, the okay. video too. Yeah. So I'm going to find you a picture right now of my grandma. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. Stole for time. Uh, <laughs> so my grandma, when she was 19 years old, um, played in an all-girl band that used to travel with the Cleveland Browns. Oh, wow. Unbelievable. So I came home from my first tour when I was like 19 or 20. And she's like, you know, I'm telling her stories. And she's like, you know, you're not the only chick in this family to travel around on a bus and play music. And I didn't <laughs> know at that point. I was like, what do you mean? So I learned all about this. They, they had a nationwide search for female musicians all over the country. And she tried out and she she got in the band and was with them for like years. Oh my God. That's incredible. I was so at the ready because it's so amazing. Wow. Like 19 and in essentially like a little cheerleader outfit. <laughs> <laughs> and like, oh, come on. You can edit, oh, right? Um, that's such a good picture. Where did it go? Oh, that's an incredible oh, story. I love hearing about badass ladies from back in the day. Okay. Yeah, because people are like, oh, it's so cool that you play trumpet. And I'm like, is it though? Because like my grandma was born in the, in the 20s and like she was doing it. And that to me is badass. That's pretty badass because there weren't very many women musicians. No, and like, not, not at all. Yeah. She's a, she's a total rock star. That's so okay, cool. Ah, I know I had it. Okay. So this is her in, let me get the year right. This is 1948. This is my grandma. Oh, and wow. Really, it's bad details because it's on a computer with a phone. Yeah. Um, and then my dad actually found her contract, which you can't see. Hang on, see if this will. Nope. Okay. Um, <laughs> found her contract that she signed when she was 19 years old and like how much she would be making and what was expected of her. It's so cool that they found it all. But anyway, that that's, is that's, so cool. That's where I come from. <laughs> I come that from is long so rad. Canadians who are just doing stuff because they enjoy doing it. So I never grew up thinking it was like strange that I played a brass instrument until I left home. And everybody started saying, oh, it's weird that you don't play. Not in my house. <laughs> it's weird if you don't. So. Actually, it's not. So you're weird. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So you mentioned that you're in Vermont now, but you live in Nashville. So what took you to Nashville? My husband. Nice. Um, I'm nice. married a really beautiful, big old Southern gentleman. Um, nice. He's from just over the Mississippi border, like next to um, Memphis. And so he just kind of wanted to get out of there. We wanted to stay close to his family and wound up in Nashville, kind of thinking that maybe eventually someday when we wanted to get off the road, that we could actually work in our own city and sleep in our own bed, which is something that we've never done. <laughs> yeah um he plays bass and oh, nice. um so that was and nashville certainly offers that too for you guys they do they do so and it's funny because we've been there eight years but um of those eight years i've probably spent seven of them on the road so 
no people still don't know that I'm there. I still don't know anybody. Oh, you're from Nashville. Do you know? And I'm like, you can stop right there. The answer is no. I don't know anybody who lives there. I just, when I, and when I go home from tour, I just want to be in my house and quiet for a couple of days before I have to leave again. So I, right. when I'm in town, I don't go out. So this would have been a really great time over the last year to go out and see stuff, but the, everything's, everyone's home for the same reason. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so what kind of music did you listen to growing up you talked about a lot of classical music in your house but what kind of music were you into like the classic rock or the music of the 80s or I so I was I'm 40 I was born in 1980 and um my whole upbringing was all classical music once in a while if I was like on some sort of road trip with my dad, he would dare turn on the radio. But like, it's very, it was very much like, uh, it was not something that we did. Like, we didn't turn on, I didn't turn on radio until I was like probably 14 or 15. So my knowledge of um, stuff that I should know from the era that I was born in is very little. <laughs> um, and then I got super into jazz when I was like 14, 15, 16. Um, and my focus kind of shift over to that, shifted over to that. Um, and then all of a sudden I was in a jam band, which I knew nothing about. Um, and so, yeah, my life has been sort of strange. My, my musical life has been strange. That's very, that is very interesting. Yeah. That's a, that's good though, to have such a base in classical music. I mean, there's not very many people that can say that that is what was in their household. Right. No, I mean, it was, my mom used to punish us with opera. She'd be like, <laughs> if you don't clean your room, I'm going to blast Jesse Norman. And she would. And I'd be like, ah, run to my room and clean it. That's how my mom was also a very clever punisher. She's maybe to I need to use this tactic. Yeah. You can use that. You can also threaten to tap dance in the aisles of the grocery store when your kid's being bad. That always works. Ooh, I like that one. My daughter's really at that age where she's yeah. does not so want her mom good. to embarrass her. Yeah. yeah try tap dancing. Oh, <laughs> no. no. <laughs> I get creative. Definitely taking those ones for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you the Jesse Norman album that she used to blast. Awesome. <laughs> and now I love it oh my god she's amazing but at the time it's like who hurt that woman why is she making those sounds <laughs> so besides your mom and your grandma and your aunts and everybody what other female musicians were an influence to you um yeah I mean in real life those were all top top tier uh influences um in like you know musicians that i used to listen to i mean ella fitzgerald was the first really the first first music that i remember hearing when i was a little kid um like really little like four years old um and i remember asking my i thought first of all that her name was elephants gerald <laughs> because that's what made sense to me at four years old i was like i want to hear more elephants my mom what are you talking about? That's anyway, so cute. <laughs> so, but I would like what she's such a powerhouse and sort of was was on an improvisational tip that nobody could touch. You know, she was she was as much of an instrumentalist as she was a singer and and really like beastly in those qualities. She could, you know, solo vocally like like the baddest sax player could solo. So um could you hold on one second? There's yeah. a dog at my door that I just need to go nail it. <laughs> I mean, you can come in if you want. It's cool. Anyway. Okay, hi. Come on. Okay, hi. She really, really... She wanted to come hang out. Make sure my dog would be doing the same thing too if I wasn't in the basement. Exactly. <laughs> my dog's gonna have the worst separation anxiety the first time I go for a run of shows. So many dogs. I know. I know. I feel bad about that. And especially people who just got dogs during quarantine and stuff. Just so many. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, what were we talking about? <laughs> you were talking about Ella Fitzgerald. Oh, yeah. Hmm. 
yeah she's just a beast um so i was really yeah i was really into her when i was little and through all through my life i think still think she's the greatest Can you go outside now? Anyway. Um, <laughs> sorry. No, you're good. We should get bored enough to just leave. It's just leave. Yeah, there it goes. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, but really like the people who, the women who made the most impact in my life were the women that I grew up with who were just doing it and doing very, you know, Vermont's a funny place. Vermont is a place where if you're from there, it's sort of ingrained in you that you can do anything you can do anything that men can do it's not like a it was just a way of life like you know I was out there like changing my own oil in my car like stuff that that apparently other people didn't do kind of stuff you know yeah yeah and you know you have to be able to know how to do everything you have to know how to fix your car you have to know how to like fix your tractor if it breaks because there's no way to plow the snow because you live in the middle of the woods and you can't get out and weird life skills that I don't need in downtown Nashville now but, <laughs> yeah. but you know it's just like and then it's, have. it's like I married a southern gentleman who is who's was raised that your sole purpose is to like provide for your family and be so chivalrous and to me I'm like I don't need you to do that shit you know and so we've had to find like this real we finally found it after many years together, but yeah. of like me not making him feel emasculated by being like, oh, I can do it myself. And that it's just, it's funny. It's a funny thing. I'm the like, same way. I'm the yeah. same way with, with my husband too. It's definitely been something that we've been working on. Um, I think we've been together like eight years now and it's, yeah. I feel you totally on that one. Yeah. <laughs> like I can do it. He's like, yeah, but would you please let me? I'm like, oh, okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Sure. Okay. And yeah. then I found that I actually like, like it. Right. No, I've never, this is the yeah. first time that I've ever had this sort of relationship. So it's funny. And no, I really like it. I let him do stuff now. <laughs> for sure. For sure. I'm like, yeah, actually you can definitely do that. Yeah. <laughs> so talk about your friendship with Brendan Bayless and how that started and your friendship with the rest of the guys in the band. Man, I was a fan of the band. Um, you know, quite a while ago, many years. I don't even know, like, what year is it? Maybe 16 years ago or something that like, like 2005 or something like that. I was, I and I loved his voice and I loved the band and I loved how tight they were. And um, I just thought they were interesting. And um, I was with Trey on a tour and we played Northerly Island. Um, and I invited Brendan out um I was like hey I'm a fan of your band I'm playing if you want to stop by the show please feel free and so he came um we hung out before the show on the bus and then as I was walking on stage he goes hey don't blow it I was like oh we're gonna be friends forever (laughs) I was like we just met and that's what he said I was like okay we're cool so and we've been friends ever since don't blow it nice yeah yeah and so I started I you know got to know the the rest of the guys after that but we've been friends a long time that's awesome yeah that's very awesome so when was the first time you sat in with them oh I don't I don't have any idea <laughs> so someone out there knows someone has the answer to that question it's just not me I because if I if I told you it would be wrong yeah I don't know maybe like I mean, one of the earliest ones was the, was the first, uh, holidays. It was in Jamaica at that point. It was years ago. I don't know. Long time ago. It's been a long time. (laughs) Do you have, do you have a sit-in that like sticks out as maybe one of your favorites? Um, probably the last Red Rocks, probably the um turn around that whole mess yeah that's, that's probably good because they always try to get me to do like songs that guys sing that's either too high for for them to do themselves or yeah. do something and they're like hey, can you do that can you do this and then I don't know them so I have to learn them and then finally Brendan was like what do you want to do after like 15 years of just saying yes to ideas that they had he's like what do you want to do I was like maybe a song that a chick sings so I don't have to like thing like a dude anyway so that was my suggestion so that's the first time that they've ever asked me what I wanted 
And I think it was a success. Maybe they'll let me choose another one someday. If you could choose, if you have you thought about some some tunes you would like, and maybe you just haven't said anything yet? No, nope, I have not. I uh, I really like to live in the present moment. <laughs> <laughs> I'll figure it out though if they ask me again. The first thing that comes to your your favorite your mind that would yeah. be a. It might be Ella Fitzgerald, and then they'll say no. <laughs> be like you're done picking now. <laughs> We've revoked your picking privileges. We're a one and done situation. (laughs) (laughs) What song would, which song should I, should we take a poll? What song should I sing with them? Because you guys always have the greatest ideas. I think that we should take a poll. I'll take a poll after, after the conversation. I personally feel, uh, I don't know about cover wise, I guess, uh, Edge of 17 by Stevie Nicks would be incredible. Yep. Um, I would love for you to sing Attachments, their, their song. I think okay. that your voice is so powerful. I hear that. And when I think of you singing it, it gives me goosebumps. So maybe, maybe I'll have to learn it. And then I'll just ambush the stage one day. Grab a song. <laughs> I'll be like, yes, <laughs> this is for Sarah. <laughs> that would be incredible. We have the kind of friendship that that would be okay. <laughs> I don't think anybody be mad. <laughs> that would be great. Yeah. So I would love to know the funniest Bela story you can share on air. <laughs> Whoa. I mean, I think the funniest one I can share on air is probably one that he shared here with you. My he wrong. did share it, but I, I cut it out. Oh, for real? I did. <laughs> Why did you cut it out? Are you going to cut it out if I tell it? Did he ask you to cut it out? Well, it was funny because I re-listened to that segment today and it was at the very, very end. And I I brought up, you know, that you and I had just talked and, and talked about it. And he starts to tell the story and then he's like, is this going to be on the show? And I'm like, I can cut it if you want to. And he didn't say anything. So I was just like, I'm just, I'll pull it out. <laughs> wow. Okay. So people haven't heard that story. I can tell it in a way that's not, no, he's so, yeah, no, I can tell it in a way that makes him not look bad at all. Cause he, he it's the truth. Okay. So a hundred thousand years ago, um, I mean, as long as his mom's not listening, I feel like it's okay. I'm sure she's not listening. I'm sure she's not listening. (laughs) Sorry, Mrs. Bayless, if you're listening. I mean, thanks for taking the time. I appreciate it. Something else. (laughs) Anyway, uh, so like a hundred thousand years ago, we, um, (laughs) I took a trip out to South Bend on opening football day, Notre Dame. um, And he threw a huge rager because his parents were out of town. I mean, he was like not 16, like he was in his 20s. He was just having a rager when his parents went to Europe or something. So many people there who I didn't know and whatever. Um, anyway, so we were hanging out, not a lot of sleeping, um, lots of staying up and hanging out and drunken sing alongs. And that's actually why we did uh, Don't Let Me Down on the Oh, wine. that was so good, too. You would sing that for a hundred hours at a time and nobody knew the words. We're like, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know me. <laughs> anyway, that's like a, it's a very long history of drunken sing-alongs. Anyway, so um, when it finally got time to like, who's sleeping where? He's like, you take, he's like, you take my, you take my childhood room. He's like, I want you to be comfy. You take that room. And uh, I'm like, all right, cool. And it was probably seven in the morning. So I crawl into his bed, like getting ready to go to sleep. I got the covers over me and the door opens wide and like a wasted Bayless comes in and he's like, hey, and he jumps on top of me, on top of the covers and grabs the headboard and starts humping me. He's like, it's not sexual. It's purely territorial. It's purely territorial. I lost my virginity in this room to harvest moon. Okay, bye. Anyway, so if you don't oh edit God. it out, that's just <laughs> Anyway, so that that's that's it. It's purely territorial. I'm leaving that, that in there. I'm <laughs> making an executive decision. Because <laughs> I don't have 
any stories that even come close to that. And you know what? It's you're right. It's way better than the way he told it. Okay, good. Well, he was worried <laughs> that yeah. I'm not worried. I don't care. It's, it's <laughs> funny. There's nothing to be worried about. It's hysterical. Anyway, how far we've come. That's great. But still doing the drunken sing-alongs though. <laughs> yeah, slightly less drunk. Yeah. Than they used to be. Far less drunk actually. And knowing more lyrics to the songs, which is yeah, we had them in front. Well, of you us. have the yeah, you have the iPad now, so that certainly helps. The technology is is what's come so far. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so you've played so many venues all over the country. What are a couple of your favorites? Mm, I love Red Rocks. Is probably my favorite for obvious reasons. I mean, hello. It's gorgeous. Alpine Valley was always a favorite of mine. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, sometimes you get to play rooms that are really small and beautiful and intimate and perfect. Um, there's a room in Jacksonville called the Blue Jay, which is a listening room that I absolutely love. And I think sold out, it's probably like 80 people um super cool woman who runs it and it's all like victorian furniture you go in there and you just like it's very comfortable and very sweet and um i love playing there so you know it's it's not always like the biggest and the baddest it's not always like i mean msg is awesome like a tin warehouse you know yeah yeah i like i love mine you know so i mean that's awesome too don't get me wrong Oh yeah, of course. Um, yeah, but I think some of those small vibey places are are just some of my favorite places to be. Yeah, for sure. It it goes back to that feeling of you know playing for people. Yeah, you, you yep. get that vibe for sure. <clears throat> so, what is some advice that you would give a young female musician? Um, I would give a young female musician the same advice I would give a young male musician. Um, you know, you have to work hard and you have to expect that not everybody is going to say yes. And like, how badly do you want it? How hard do you want to work? Um, you know, it's, it's now it's, it's, it's a lot different than when I grew up because I did grow up in the woods and I grew up without internet because I'm that age. So like, mm -hmm. I remember half of my life with no internet and I was lucky enough to grow up without anybody watching me. Mm -hmm. And that's an impossibility. Now kids are immediately visible from the time they get an Instagram account, <laughs> you know, and everyone can see them. And I think it's done a real disservice with people uh, not wanting to try new things and feeling like, oh, I'm not great at that. So I, I'm terrible at it. You know, it's like, I got to, to really figure out who I was and what I liked before I ever stepped in front of an audience. And that's a real blessing. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know how I would have done it with, you know, how, how people live. Or without a lot of influence from, yeah. With, right. with TV and, and other things too. I think that's an issue that a lot of young people have now is, is that what they, what they are really into or like, or how they really are yeah. as opposed to what they're just seeing and what they're thinking they should be. Yeah. And you think about how, like, <clears throat> you know, how easily people chop people down and it's, it's just so it's, it, it's like mind numbing and heartbreaking to see you know, just like people being so horrible. And so my advice is stay off the internet as much as you possibly can. It, it's like, it's, a, it's really, it's, there's some evil behavior that doesn't constitute real life. It's like, there's such a disconnect between seeing everyone's like perfect filtered pictures mm -hmm. and then real actual life where people are terrible at things because it's normal and human. And so anyway, that's my advice. It's like, you just, you, it's like, it's <laughs> this really wise woman once told me, and it sounded really morbid at the time, but she's like, you know, you come into this world alone and you leave alone. And so whatever you do 
in your time here is really between like you and your soul and you and your heart and whatever. So if you have a real strong purpose, like why you're here and what you need to do and what you want to do while you're here, then you just, you can't listen to other people. You have to just like forage ahead as if no one's watching and mm-hmm. you're just doing it for yourself. And I, it gets harder and harder and harder with all the outside noise. But, um, you know, it's really just a matter of what you, what you feel like your purpose is. It doesn't matter what anybody else's purpose is. If somebody else doesn't get it, fuck them, mm-hmm. you know? And if you encounter a bunch of people, there's so many young women who are, you know, out of high school and just going to college and sort of having like weird interactions with, you know, bands and men, like for the first time outside of like their parents watch and their high school watch and whatever. And so many young women I've talked to who are like, you know, I was in this situation, I was in a band or I was at a gig or whatever. And it was like all this inappropriate behavior and feel like they can't, they can't do anything because like, A, it's a gig and they need the money or whatever. And it's like, man, those are not, those are not your people, you know, Mm -hmm. walk away let it roll off your back, be like, deuces, go, you know, moving on. People like really have like a sort of like resentful buildup that keeps them from moving forward. But it's like, not everybody is going to be, you know, with you, walking your path with you. And if it's not in your vibe, keep it moving. And it turns out that those people are not the people you would want walking with you anyways. No. So you're no. like, it's just fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like someone else will love you just the way you are. It's not me, you know? Yeah. Yep. I think women have like a, a little bit, bit of a hard time, like being ballsy and standing up for themselves. It depends on how, you know, what your situation is. But at that age, when you're so young and you haven't lived very much life and you haven't had that happen to you a million times because hi, it'll happen to you a million times. For sure. For sure. Like, you know, and you can either let it bother you or, I mean, you know, I'm talking about like senseless, dumb stuff that happens every day, but for sure, anyway, you know, just the surer of who you, the surer of yourself that you can be, the, the better you're going to, better time you're going to have out there in the wilderness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's just great life advice for sure. For sure. So I found out today, I had no idea until I was doing a little research here that I had no idea that you played trumpet on Birds of a Feather on the Story of the Ghost album. Yep. So that's pretty incredible. And you were young too. Yeah. So 17. Talk about that. Like, how did that happen? Yeah. Um, I was a senior in high school band nerd of all band nerds and um (laughs) i got a call on my answering machine at that time Um, (laughs) it was this like sweet little meek little voice it was like hi i'm looking for jennifer um my name's trey i play with the band fish anyway so he had gotten my name from someone that i used to play with in burlington from dave grippo who's phenomenal and they had done a bunch of work together and trey was working on um his very first solo record and needed a trumpet player and asked dave who to get dave was like oh you haven't met jen yet you're gonna love jen so i went to the session and um we did we recorded for that record one man's trash um and then we started to just kind of like work together every time he needed a trumpet player for something um and yeah i mean that was 97 that we recorded that it came out in 98 and so yeah it's been a long time <laughs> yeah that's pretty incredible and i yeah. read that i was like holy shit that's so cool yeah. long time ago yeah. And he was just the coolest and, you know, so he was just so easy to work with and so wonderful and, you know, still is. Yeah. Yeah. So you've been with Tab, what, 20 years it is now? Yeah. My first tour was 20 years ago. Like last week, I got a notification of something that was like, this was your first show. Someone told me, see, like people need to tell me these things. I don't, <laughs> I don't know when it happened. Um, 
Yeah, it's been 20 years since I played my first show with them, but I started working with him three years prior to that. Wow. So he just like called you up and was like, I'm putting together this band. So I don't know a lot about Tab. So have you been in the band since the beginning or did you come in like a little bit later? Um, So it started out as a trio. It started out as um, Trey and Russ and Tony. And uh, when they added the horn section, um, I was part of that. And um, I think the trio only did like a the trio only did maybe a tour or two before they added a horn section. So yeah, I've been there since pretty much old jump street. <laughs> and uh, that's incredible. Yeah. It's been a, it's, it's, I mean, it's been amazing. We've, we've seen each other through a lot of phases of our lives. That's for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty incredible. Yeah. I mean, the band is so beautiful. The, the band is full of like wonderful, musicians and wonderful people and who are truly your family you know and I talk about this a lot too you know when people are talking about you know being a woman in a man's field and whatever because it is severely male dominated it's like you know you I was lucky enough and now I know how lucky I was at the time I was a baby and I didn't know but I was so lucky that like I was on a tour bus with 11 men who were all so protective of me Mm-hmm. and always took care of me and were all like my uncles and dads and you know that that was their role and then it wasn't until like a few years ago where I realized that they all have daughters every single person who has a kid on that bus had daughters and I wasn't that much older than their kids you know mm-hmm. um so it's just it's been an incredible um incredible life with them and and um we're all still super close. Even the people who aren't in the band anymore, we're all still super close. And really it's like, it's, it's a beautiful story. It's not a normal band story. (laughs) You know, it's like usually after 20 years, you all want to kill each other, but, Mm -hmm. um, but no, it's been very, it's been really lovely. That's incredible. That's very cool. What is something that you never leave for tour without? Um, I mean, obviously my trumpet. Obviously. What's my, I can't leave home without that's like special and different than what anybody else would say. Um, I always leave home without my toothbrush. I never bring it. I'm an anti-brusher, <laughs> just kidding. Um, I usually have a, a, a pretty sizable crystal collection nice nice um a couple years ago i was uh, on a little vacation with a friend of mine and she everywhere she goes she sets up like every hotel room she's in she sets up a whole situation she's like little buddhas and crystals and whatever i was like i don't i'm not that ocd but i really like that i started doing it so i always bring like my favorite couple with me that's cool that's very cool I love that. I definitely take some with me too when I travel and I like have them in the car and yeah. yeah. Hey, listen, what can it hurt? Exactly. And they're pretty to look at. So yeah, they're beautiful. I mean, I can spiral down the hole in a store and buy way too many. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) I I stopped thinking about what I was going to get my mom for her birthday about eight years ago when I realized the answer is always the same thing. So it's just like, let's get her another crystal. She's like, she's super deep down the rabbit hole. Her collection That's awesome. Dunning. It's it's so easy though. And it's so great when that's when you what you can buy somebody. You're like, this is easy. Yeah. Yeah. And she's stoked about it every time. She always tells me about the first time that she sleeps with a next door bed and how crazy her dreams are. She always has like bizarro cuckoo bananas flying dreams and saving the world. And it's really cool to hear about it. That is really cool. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I have my nice little setup like next to my bed in my room. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. That's cool. I love to hear that. Do you buy new ones like when you go to different cities and stuff? Definitely. That's cool. Yeah. I figured that's like a, it's a nice thing to do is walk around and see if you can find the Petty Crystal Shop. <laughs> for sure. For sure. It's always like kind of in like a cool neighborhood too. Right. And it's like, oh yeah, no, I have that. And I have that. And I have that. Ooh, it's that. <laughs> that one. For sure. And then when you like get into the conversation with like the store clerk, you feel like so cool. Yeah. 
Like, do you want to come on the bus with us and just come to the next city? <laughs> so my daughter takes lessons with Joel every week and mm-hmm. he wanted me to ask you what your favorite white snake song is to perform. That's a, that's a loaded question. <laughs> the, answer. the one that he made me sing is the answer. <laughs> Whatever the name of that one is. If that's the answer to the question. It's that one. It's that one. I don't remember what the name of the song is because I, w- I w- wasn't a 10-year-old boy when it came out. But <laughs> Oh, it's probably the one with the music video with the girl on the car, I bet. Oh, it might be. <laughs> Whatever probably- one they made me sing when I was in Texas. Okay, um, I don't know, but I'll make a note of this and look it up. It won't be hard to find. It's not hard to find. Where were that's we? Fun. We were in Austin, I think. Austin or Dallas. Okay. I'll definitely uh, look that up for sure. That's funny. <laughs> Yeah, that wasn't an honest question. Was- yeah, I knew it's coming from Joel. There was no way it was going to be an honest question. I made you sing. <laughs> For sure. I knew it had to come back to him in some way. Yeah. But I had to ask. So when I see him on Monday, I can rib him about it. Yeah. I don't remember the name of the song, but he, he knows. Of course he knows. Of course he knows. So what do you have in store for the rest of the year? I mean, there's some shows starting to be announced and some things are starting to open up. So what do you have going on? I'm staying pretty cautious, excuse me, with stuff. um, Mostly because I don't want to get excited and then get disappointed. Um, And so I think, you know, comfort level for me right now is still outdoors. Um, I'm vaccinated and still feel like that. Um, you know, I think until we know a little bit more about what this phase of life looks like with vaccinations, yet uh, crazy other variants and whatever, I just, I'm not going to get excited about, you know, going back on tour. I think it's too soon to, to, to do that. Um, but even during um, last October, um, my friend Nick Casarino, who's the guitar player in Nth Power, um, he and I did a bunch of outdoor private shows in Colorado right before it got cold um, and totally socially distanced. Everybody like brings their blanket and their family and sits and, and you know, we just, we kept doing, and it was so nice because they were so appreciative because it had been nine months since they'd heard music or eight months or seven months or whatever. And, you know, Denver really loves their music. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we we did that for a few weeks, which was really lovely for us to be able to play and for people to be able to hear. I mean, people were just like crying and so happy and like it was really moving. Um, and so I feel like for me, that's um, that's going to continue for a little while, maybe through this summer. And especially now we can be on the East Coast and it's going to warm up in a, in a few. And mm-hmm. um, and I'm going to make a new record um, at some point pretty soon. Um, Exciting. Yeah, stoked. Um, and then we'll just kind of see, you know, everybody's, no one has the answers. So I think yeah. we let it ride. And uh, whenever we'll, we're able to be back, we will certainly be back. Really For sure. It's going to be insane when we can. So I'm kind of okay with still waiting for a little bit because yeah. I know once it happens, it's going to be hard to get out to see everything because there's going to be so much to see right so I'm kind of okay with waiting a little bit still yeah everybody (laughs) wants to be back working you know so bad but everybody also wants to be safe about it obviously for Um, sure yeah I think we just we wait and hope for the best (laughs) that's all we've really been doing for the past year anyways so I I know good job everybody by the way serious high fives all around for everybody i mean that it has been nightmarish and roller coasterish and all the things and i think we deserve a giant pat on the back the whole world for for dealing yeah for making it this far for sure definitely gold star for everybody yeah (laughs) way to be a team player all those other motivational things for sure Exactly. <laughs> you got out of bed today. Exactly. <laughs> you, you didn't get a pack of cigarettes. Good for you. <laughs> you didn't yell at your kids. <laughs> yes. <laughs> for sure. This morning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Oh. Uh, 
Well, this has been really wonderful. That's everything I have. I mean, I don't know if there's anything else that you uh, want to touch on or. No, I think we, I think we covered the bases. Uh, I told an embarrassing Bayless story. Yeah. We had to get that in there. <laughs> we answered a Joel's question. I feel good about all that. <laughs> <laughs> we talked enough about them. So that's good. We covered enough of them. So we're good. Yeah, that's cool. I love that they come to Nashville. Don't even say hi. Wow. Hi, guys. Thanks. Thanks thanks for checking. (laughs) Brandon's like, you know, I'll see you next week. There's such guys like that, though. Like, Like, I knew they were coming. Like, I didn't go over there either. (laughs) It's just easier to rise them about it. Oh, yeah, of course. That's hilarious. Well, thank you for this. This has been so wonderful. Good. It's nice to see you. And yes, you too. Oh, and I have to tell you this because I was going to bring this up to you. And I don't remember if I brought this up to you when we did that little meetup with Chris and Mm -hmm. Jeff. But in 2015 at the Ravinia, you in Chicago, you came and you I think maybe did like one or two songs with the guys. And before that, there was like a VIP meet and greet. And I was back there with my son, who at the time was only like six months old. Now he's six. So long ago. And I saw you. He was in the carrier. So he's like on me and he's like faced out and chilling. And I saw you walk by and I yelled, yelled your name. And you came over and said, hi. And I said, can I have a hug? And you were like, yeah. And so we embraced and my son was on the front of me and I will never forget the look on his face when we pulled away. Like, that was amazing. (laughs) I can't breathe, you guys. (laughs) He was like the happiest breastfed baby ever. (laughs) Just sandwiched in there. (laughs) Yes, two more. Oh, so that's like my favorite. That's my favorite Jen Hartswick story. So (laughs) sometimes people are like, I met you once 10 years ago and you were so mean. Makes me sad. It's never the case. It's just that I didn't hear you say my name and you thought I was dissing you. I would never not say hi. It's just not who I am. I would never come not crush your baby (laughs) if I heard you. So I'm glad that I heard you. And it was awesome. It was a great hug too. So I think of it fondly now that we can't hug anyone. So well, next time I see you, I'm going to hug you kid or no kid. Good. I hope so. Cause I'm going to definitely need some hug quotas filled up here. You talk about the, the, yeah, it's going to be a whole revolution. That's what I tell all my friends. I'm like, just so everybody's on the same page, I'm going to randomly hug you a bunch. So get ready for it. My best friend called me. I got my first shot a week and a half ago and she calls me and she is like can you make out with me now <laughs> like i just want to touch people i just want she calls them droplet parties she's like i just want to have a droplet party or like we could just freely just be who we are <laughs> struggling some days and then the next day she's fine but we're all in need of a good hug and a droplet party i agree I say things to you and say them without fear that I'm going to spit on you. <laughs> okay. Anyway, it's been lovely. <laughs> it's really his only coffee in this manga. That's okay. If it's not. <laughs> well, this has been so, so great. Yeah. It's nice to see you. Take care. Stay safe. Yes. You Tell too. Go back outside. For sure. We, and the time's going to change soon. We got some more hours of daylight. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So here for it. Good stuff. Definitely. All right. Well, I hope you have a great rest of your night. You, you too. Yeah. I will see you out there sometime soon, hopefully. Yes. Hopefully. When we're all ready. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> all right. Sending you love and big hugs. Thanks. See you soon. Bye. So that's everything I have for this week of the show. Thank you again to Jen for taking the time. Again, I'm 
just so grateful that we were finally able to sit down and chat. You are such an incredible woman, and I can't wait for the day when we can see each other and I can just give you the biggest, biggest hug. There are a bunch of links in the show notes for anything that I may have referenced throughout the episode. There are also links for where you can binge on past episodes, book your own conversation and be a guest on the show, subscribe to the show's YouTube channel, where you can snag some official merch from the Dropped Among This Crowd Etsy store, find subscription information for Conduit Magazine, and a ton more, so make sure you check all of that out. Thank you again for joining me. I'll see you around these parts next week. Mad love.